A poem is a small machine made of words. William Carlos Williams. Welcome to the Small Machine Talks, exploring the poetry scene of Central Canada and beyond with Amanda Earl and A.M. Kozak. Welcome to the Small Machine Talks, and this is our interview special. Today's uh, uh, welcome to uh, Clara Duplessis, who we're interviewing today. I'm Amanda Earl, and I'm Am Kozak. And, and thanks, thanks for listening. Yeah, and Clara, would you like to say hello? Hello. Hello. There you go. <laughs> we're so good at these things. So here's a, here's a little bit about Clara. Clara Duplessis is a poet and critic who lives in Montreal, and she's from South Africa. Her chapbook, Wax Lyrical, was released from Anstruther Press in 2015, and a full-length collection of multilingual poems is forthcoming from Palimpsest Press. And she curates the wonderful monthly Montreal-based resonance reading series, writes reviews for the Montreal Review of Books and the Rusty Took, and is currently employed at Valum Contemporary Poem poetry magazine and you should all follow her on twitter to make poesis poesis that's great there you go yeah so we're we're happy to have you in town we hope that you i'm happy to be here like ottawa a little bit it's been great uh, yeah you told me a story earlier about your last time in ottawa was not uh, awesome so i hope this time is is more i don't know that sounds, better experience the balance has been rectified that sounds like it could be an interesting question we'll see <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, so let, let's yeah let's get into the questions right away. How about we do that? Um, this first mm-hmm. question: You have some poems that are intensely personal, but you often write in a sort of removed, matter-of-fact style, at least from from our opinion, anyway. How do you prefer to approach uh, intimate subjects? Um, I'm assuming that you're that you're referencing some poems from my chapbook. Um, that is correct. Um, and for those of you who haven't read it, um, there's one poem called Wax Lyrical is a title poem of the chapbook. Um, and it's about hair removal on the body, um, specifically pubic hair removal. And um, yes, it is a very intimate poem. I think um, I think writing practice is a process of getting to learn your, to get, getting to know yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and the time when I was writing the chapbook poems, um, which is longer ago than I can actually imagine, I think it's like going on five, six years ago, um, yeah. those kind of, let's call them intimate issues were very much on the top of my head. And um, maybe I wasn't feeling as strong in those issues as I could have felt and had the need to articulate them um, mm. in a way that was almost um, exercising them. Like mm-hmm. a cathartic kind of thing. Exactly. Way. Yeah. Um, whereas maybe now they don't feel as relevant to me anymore. And um, I find that I've been reading, writing poems that feel more sensual than the ones that are deliberately about sex or about mm-hmm. the body. Interesting. Um, yeah. It's, it's, the language you use or maybe the style in which you approach it is it seemed to me very kind of scientific and mm-hmm. in the first poem in the chapbook too it's it's you're talking about hair and like things like molecules and space right. and things like that um so i think um that 
no, I wouldn't call it a disconnect, but that sort of matter of approaching it is that's that's I think that's the sense that I got anyways, that scientific kind of like analyzing objectivity yeah. about the body and, and, and the hair, which is interesting that the hair keeps coming up. And even the passive voice there, like when, when hair mm. is removed, uniformity is installed. It's kind of a removal, right, of, of uh, self and away from from an imperson more impersonal ways. Yeah, that's maybe I mean, I think there are a couple of things. One is, again, um, talking about it impersonally as a way of like mm -hmm. of of getting it out of your own body right. yeah. and looking at it from a distance objectively um, and not confessionally I think I've never like no matter how intimate these poems can be interpreted as being I've never thought of them as being confessional mm -hmm. um, do you think that said I, I just want to say one more thing mm -hmm. um, the matter of fact style there was a time that I was deliberately trying to pare down my language. Okay. Um, and so in Aren't way, we all? <laughs> yeah, and so I think there was like a, this like the idea of minimalism in poetry um, and taking away any elaborate images, taking away images that can be interpreted, interpreted as like stereotypically poetic um, things that make poems beautiful, like adding flowers or adding, you know. Hmm romantic love or yeah, yeah. Um, I mean in the meantime I've, I've put them all back again but it was it was a project of paring down and I think wax lyrical ended up being kind of the culmination point um, at least not I mean who knows maybe we'll come back again so you'd say then it was intentional or a deliberate approach rather than like because sometimes I think people write in that manner that style about personal things as a way of protecting themselves or or safety or something like that where they don't really want to enter in that sort of um, emotionally charged space where, where people might often come from when writing about intimate subjects of their bodies or whatever. Mm -hmm. So you'd say it's more like an intentional stylistic choice of wanting to write in a certain way or wanting to you know, try to write in a certain way rather than um, you yes. know, more of an emotional thing. Yeah. Yes, I never felt vulnerable in those poems. Okay. Yeah. Do, you, do you alter your approach or your style depending on topic? Um, no, but I do think that any writer keeps evolving um, and some of us devolve <laughs> evolving or devolving basically changing yeah. mm -hmm. um, and so like maybe like the paired what like the, 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 the extent that I was pushing paring down language has transformed into a different form of minimalism um, maybe like see seeking out how I can find images that are slant off from an image that makes sense yeah, in a way yeah. like trying to find an image that is like it's almost like a rhyme like a sort of a near rhyme yeah. when you when you play oh, with images yeah. that way i like that yeah that's, yeah, that's an interesting idea cool. it's almost not present um in that sense it's, it's still a, it's a different way of articulating minimalism mm -hmm. I heard this interview with, um, I can't remember if it was Eleanor Wachtel or Sheila Rogers, but it was a CBC um, interview with Sher the poet Sharon Olds, and she was talking about whenever um, um, the interviewer asks Sharon about, um, like she said, did you, when you said this in a poem, did you, you know, were you experiencing this? She said, remember, I like to differentiate between the speaker of the poem right. and the author. And I, I like that. That's how I, that's how I uh, am able to write some of the mm -hmm. stuff that I write. I can, I can, and I, I, I don't always um, 
tell the exact truth about something. Yeah, it's, sure. it's, you know, I thought that your poem, for instance, Dream of Radical Disclosure was a pretty right. candid, <laughs> uh, candid poem um, mm -hmm. about the bladder. And, uh, and well, you know, so the it's nice a poem thing about wetting your bed. Basically. Yeah, yeah. And, and the thing is, the nice, the, the good thing about poems like this is that um, people relate to them. So like even it yep. may, it's a lot, it's a vulnerable thing to write about this stuff mm -hmm. and to actually to um, do it from a point of view of the the sort of the because your eye is very close like you're you you're a close re reader mm -hmm. a, close a close listener up, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so you 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 know i mean to be able to write these kind of things you have to kind of know what's going on you have to observe very closely and that's that's a bit that can be a bit uh, tough to do as a, as a sort of a person and then as a poet though if you can sort of take that and say speaker of the poem i find mm -hmm. that helps it helps me is i use it all the time in my Kind of like mm -hmm. zoom in and out of that, yeah. of that persona because to a certain extent it is you. Yeah. It's your lived experience. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's your way of looking at the world and, uh, yeah. and then it's still a transformation of that. Because That's it. But there's lots the of, in your, in your work I find there's lots of things that remind me a lot of a film or a painting or like I find there's a lot of stuff like that in, in, in this work that I read. So uh, Yeah. And we'll get more into more of the uh, yeah. artistic question. Right. Should we go at uh, the next? All right. I, yeah, so I read that Wax Lyrical is, a, um, in. I guess I, w I was reading in an interview at soliloquies.ca that it was a variation on a script for a show called Medusa Shaved, a script. So can you can you talk a little bit more about that? Um, yes. I think, I mean, Wax Lyrical ended up being a chapbook. Um, it's probably the least defined project that hopefully I'll ever write. Um, <laughs> like it started, it, it went through so many transformations. It was the first time that I had really um, commenced any kind of book length project in my mind. Um, and I didn't really know how to approach it yet. And so it actually started out as a novel. Wow. <laughs> this is like a long time ago. How and, fun. Um, the narrative was, I mean, it was ridiculous. It was, I think the narrative was that um, it's a couple and okay, for, forgive the narrative. It, it's a couple and the woman wants to see other people and she and the, her partner ends up kind of tricking her into him impersonating the other people she's seeing. Ah, that's a very operatic kind of a, a plot, actually. <laughs> and, then she, and then she falls in love with one of his persona <laughs> and that becomes complicated. Um, it never got very far. And at some point, I was like, I hate writing fiction. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Plots remember, are such a pain in the neck. Exactly. And like, how do you get one character from one room to the next? I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, really. mm -hmm. And I remember that has like sighing this like just sigh of relief when I realized I'm going to write poetry and that's fine. And that's what I'm going to do. Um, and then it started transforming into um, a manuscript of interconnected poetry that was all based on the body and on specifically on hair removal um, and that, that that again went through a couple of transformations but it ended up being Medusa Shave which was um, a project I collaborated on with um, my friend and composer Easy Storaldo um, she's great she has a couple of albums um, out and so I transformed the text specifically for into like into movements uh, that, we, that we that she said to music and then we had uh, two dancers who also interpreted it huh. um, it was 
it was a great thing to do at the time. I thought um, I lost my voice after it because I was like shouting over the mic because <laughs> I was I was reading the, the text. Sounds neat. And did you make a lot of edits when working as in that in that form? Did you find you were making the edits? That would be a change in style, right? To work in that. Yeah, it was form. it was really like um, maybe in a more classical vein. It was constructed in in movements, mm. so it had a bit of a progression. Um, I think wax lyrical, the poem was the first movement in it yeah um, and then there were like other parts that were more just repetitive like one line that was repeated a lot of times um and so on and then at some point i really reworked it um into a short manuscript and that's how it ended up in the world do you think you if, do you feel like it's that's enough with that now or do you want to keep working on it uh, more with that that particular um people keep asking me about that <laughs> no no in, in an interesting way because um, yeah the editor I worked with on on the project, Jim Johnstone, yeah, he really loves the poems, and he was saying that he would like to see them in a longer book form, right? And I kind of felt done with them um, after they came out as chapbook. You get sick of things after a while, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then um, the book that's coming out next year is totally different work, but who knows? Maybe they'll resurface. They'll resurface at some yeah. point in, in your in your in your collected works in the. <laughs> you, you, Looking far into the future. You said something at the beginning of the, um, your answer was it's, it was a bit digressive, but I wanted to. It, it sparked my uh, interest. You said you you were hoping that it would be. You, you felt like the the project was was not well defined. It, it moved around, and you said that hopefully that's the least defined oh. thing you'll ever do. Do you like to be or want to be predefined with your projects? Is that the way you prefer to work? Um. It makes it easier if you know where you're going. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but what's what's easy? You know, like, yeah, no, exactly. But yeah. um, I think, I mean, maybe it was like something about being a young writer and like also not really trusting my like the directions the text hmm. was taking. But it feels better if there's reciprocal relationships between you and the text. And it's like you're giving something that text is making you feel that you're going the right way. Yeah. Okay. And I feel like while I was working on the earlier drafts of Wex Lyrical, that wasn't the case. Okay. Um, and I kept doubting it. I see. And then kept going in a different direction. And then the work will tell you what it wants, process. right? The yeah, work exactly. will tell you what it wants. I always say I serve the work. I don't I don't know what mm -hmm. I want necessarily. The work will tell you what. Yeah. Yeah, and I think you're in the process of doing that. You're saying you're starting a new project. Yeah, I'm. I'm working on something about because uh, I. I've been kind of whining about poems that are nostalgic for childhood, and so I thought, well, maybe I should explore nostalgia. So mm -hmm. I want to explore all the different kinds of meanings of nostalgia and mm -hmm. like Sodad, the Portuguese one, okay. and uh, the blues and. Uh, all those things. So that's what I just started. But. That's exciting. Yeah, should, we'll see. I'm, I'm looking for recommendations. So. <laughs> okay, reading material. Yeah, songs. <laughs> speaking of? Speaking of speaking of songs, uh, yeah, and we've kind of dealt, we've touched upon working in multiple genres here, but I, I um, read that you wrote a libretto for Cleo Montre's opera Photos uh, Socrates, which is interesting. So um, what was that experience like? And, and how did you find, how do you find working in multiple genres? Um, it was amazing. It was an amazing experience. Um, we are still looking to get. If someone is listening to this podcast and has an <laughs> opera company, <laughs> we're still looking to produce it again. Um, That'd be great. We we produced it once in Vienna, um, I think in two thousand and twelve, 
Produced it in Vienna. Well, that sounds glamorous <laughs> to me. Yeah, yeah Cleo, Cleo was living there at the well, time. Yeah. Um, she was living there for like a number of years. Um, and that's how that, that happened. But um, I love opera. Um, I think I don't necessarily like the way, I, I don't necessarily like all opera, but I love the way that you can manipulate the voice mm-hmm. and how absurd it can become and how almost like inherently abstract it is because of its distortion and yeah. just weirdness. And um, it is definitely something I wouldn't mind experimenting with again. I want to do a rock opera. That's what <laughs> that I want to do. I, 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 when I was a kid, I, I went to like, um, I went to see uh, Tommy and all this sort of things mm-hmm. like that. And I'm always writing songs and stuff. So I, I, I'd love to do something like that. Mm-hmm. I've had a few friends who've written librettos and the mm-hmm. idea of it is just fascinating to me that mm-hmm. you could, uh, how that changes compared to say, just writing poems. Do you find, do you find yourself getting more and more minimal to kind of, uh, or, or it's changing somehow? And Well, I've definitely moved away from the performance yeah. type of work in the last years anyway. I'm not saying that I won't do it again in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I was more invested in it um, a while back, the idea of doing collaborations with other people and mm-hmm. and and um, and kind of translating written written poetry into different mediums. And it is something that definitely interests me. Um, but yeah, I haven't done it in a while. Because we already talked too about. Um, um, do you ever turn poems into other forms or have trouble knowing which form a piece of writing should take? Well, we talked about the with Wax Lyrical, it started as a novel. So mm-hmm. so I guess we've kind of covered. Do you have anything else more to say about that? I don't really. Um, I can't say that yeah. I have trouble thinking which form a poem should take. Yeah. They usually just take the form of a poem. <laughs> um, <laughs> I guess like I work in different, in different writing genres. Mm-hmm. Like, recently, I've started working more in essay, like review writing and essay writing. And um, I do find it interesting, like how those forms can kind of blur. Like you can you can write an essay that's very close to a poem. Yeah, mm-hmm. like Anne Carson or Lisa Robertson, exactly. especially working in those. Mm-hmm. I love the idea of the poem essay. I think that's that, that fascinates yeah. me. And me yeah, but then yeah. it's like the question, like, but how can you justify? Like, at which point do you justify that formal shift? Yeah. I've also I've also written essays that I just lineated. Yeah. And then I was like, well, yeah. this doesn't really feel like a poem. And when you when you try, if you try to read something like that aloud, I find like it really falls flat yeah. in front of an audience. Yeah. yeah. What do you mean by justify though? Do we, as in terms of like defining it or just like, what do you mean? I mean, you have to take everything I'm saying with a pinch of salt, but there is like a point That's, where That it's, like, goes for us all. <laughs> yeah, 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 of course. There's like a point where like, if I take this page of, any kind of writing and I say it's a poem sure it becomes a poem in that instant right but can I do that yeah you know if I just take a review that I wrote and say okay now it's a poem okay it, I see doesn't, it doesn't sound like my other poems right um, I think I'm, I think I'm starting to get more used to it um, or I'm starting to realize what I need to do a bit more I, I also come from a quite rigorous academic background which has a very like um, um, you have set, you set yeah it's like a set tone right? yeah yeah like yeah it's pretty impersonal and you're expected to keep yourself out of it mm-hmm. and 
learning to get rid of that voice and to be like, what is my voice within more critical writing? How can how can you get messed up? I exactly. think it's a, you and need like, to get messed up because it's right. And the more messed up you become yeah. in that critical writing, yeah. the more it becomes closer to a poem. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I find nine inch nails and whiskey helps an awful lot with messing you up, but uh, <laughs> for me, that's my, that's how I do it. It's part of the way. Do we want to take a short break? We, we can come back with the second half. All right, Let, let's do that. Right. We're taking a break. Everyone go to the loo and do what you have to do. Okay. Small Machine Talks with Amanda Earl and A.M. Kozak. <laughs> 